Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. This is uh, uh, titled uh, Endless Mountains and Rivers and probably going to be mountains and rivers for a little while. I, these days uh, being on Zoom and uh, meeting with people and also doing the uh, daily uh, meditation on uh, uh, Susan Piver's uh, daily Dharma gathering every evening uh, at 6 uh, p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm thinking just maybe answering questions, especially in the, in the, the situation that everyone is in these days. Uh, should have lots of questions. And if you don't, then ask me why you don't have questions. A question from Junshu. Junshu. And nothing lasts. So sometimes things get very difficult, challenging, and then things lighten up. And um, you sometimes it's even said if you meditate enough, that the, the meditation itself can seem somewhat luxurious because you're not used to sitting still and doing nothing and not having some kind of entertainment. So uh, to just relax and you could say enjoy just being physically, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and all the other uh, interpretations or laminations to the consciousness. Oh, feel just feel good. Just just receive. Uh, just uh, observe things coming and going, coming and going. It can be quite um, in the midst of our discomfort way of talking about it. But, we, but yes, just relax into that. Her second question is: How can I tell when I am hiding out from some aspect of my? So just the way the question is phrased: How can I tell if I'm hiding out? So that's a little bit of all those uh, words put together there um, are about the thinking process, the thinking mind. And when we do that, when we ask that kind of a question, they're kind of covering up all the other, um, the other five sense fields for five things, five, five sense of taste, sense of touch, sense of uh, hearing, sense of smelling, sense of tasting. And we cover that, but we just think, we just think about it. So um, it's not necessary to tell that. What seems to be necessary is just just a sense of presence, just how this feels, how this looks. And when I say how, uh, what can come back uh, when that kind of a, how does this look or what is this? Just the, the very simple form of the perception, uh, the object and perception can be the wall. It can be a uh, slight, uh, slight uh, discomfort in your midsection could be the memory of something that happened uh, an hour ago, 20 minutes ago. It could be a, a dream. Sometimes when we when we meditate early in the morning, uh, um, one of the things that can show up is uh, the, dr the dream that we uh, just uh, woke up. We just woke up and the dream comes back. When the dream comes back, just receive. So no need particularly to tell that we're hiding out. That's That's kind of a... A calculation about how to not hang and not hide out rather than actually watching one's uh, awareness begin to appear from behind the trees, the trees being one's afflictions. Nicole at the monastery has a question. Yes. She asks, do all why questions lead you into samsara? Uh, well, if you say why, then you get a because. And it may be very complicated, very uh, very, um, very much tied into the question, the framework of the question, the way it's delivered, the reason it's delivered, and all the other causations that arise as uh, an apparent event that is actually a structure coming out of dependent origination or innumerable numbers of 
causes and conditions and causes and conditions, tributary streams flowing through the dark, through the darkness, providing us with one huge, wide, open Amazon or Congo. More about that if you have more there, Nicole. Um, Wendy from Traverse City has a question. Wendy. Is there any continuity between how we habitually reacted to irritation, praise, et cetera, in the past and how we react to those now? I think that can show up in it's a good question. I think that can show up in different ways. Sometimes we we uh, our reaction to it is we're showing up as we realize how really, really sensitive we are to what people think and say and do. We're really sensitive and sometimes we might see how we're we've been overreacting to something that was really not so much what was out in our environment, the other person was causing something, but uh, we kind of begin to see that that's kind of a trigger for the emotions that we've been hiding out from or burying. So if I'm following your, the line of your questioning correctly, I would say I can show up, show up lots of different ways. Um, if there's a strong sitting practice, when I say strong, I'm just generalizing, say an hour or two hours a day, somewhere in that area, and maybe some block sitting of four hour blocks, excuse me, or more then that uh, sharpening of that area, that, that strengthening, that prioritizing of the openness we call awareness is more apt to clarify the disturbance itself rather than smooth out the disturbance. It will clarify the disturbance. So quite often a person who's meditating for the first few years may feel worse or more confused or like this meditation isn't working. I was told that uh, that uh, mindfulness practice would calm me down. Well, some forms of, of um, uh, contemplation awareness practice uh, will cal calm you down, and but they'll also tend to close off the very area that you may need to inspect more closely. And so just receive, just just observe what's coming your way and uh, you won't get overloaded. You're, you're never going to get more than you can work with at any given time. It's an amazing apparatus that we call this uh, human form consciousness. Kozan has a question. She yes. asks, Kozan. what do you mean by presence? Christmas or birthday? Sorry. So presence uh, mean means just as you're just here. Uh, you can just be here and have a slight concretized ideation behind that that will make it look like you're present. Someone might look at you and think, they seem to be present. No, they're not. They're just behind the wall of their hopes and fears, and they are pretending to be present. I see that quite often in the hojo. People come in and look at me for long periods of time, not present. Being really quiet and looking at someone for a long period of time doesn't mean you're present. Could mean you're what? Hiding out. It could mean you think you're kidding me. Not just you, but anyone. So presence is you're actually there. You're, you're whatever this is, you're actually vulnerable. And when I say vulnerable, I mean, you're, you're ready for anything. You're ready to die that instant. If you're not always ready to die, you're not present. You're hanging on to some idea of life and some idea. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying we should um, go crawl in the corner and die. I'm saying be ready for that. Be present. If you're present, then the past and the future are are uh, imputations of the ego mind about an apparent past and apparent future. From the point of view of reality, those are makeshift. Don't believe a word I say. I'm not asking you to believe in any of this. Not about belief. It's about you see it yourself. You need to see this. If you think that this is um, baloney, then look somewhere else. Nishikai has a question. 
from the temple? Two arrows meet. That's, well, that's the answer. What directs or moves awareness? It depends. If it's uh, if one is all wound up in one's self-centeredness, one's ego, one's narcissism, then that's what's directing awareness out of hope for this and fear of that. Uh, if if one is liberated, then the awareness that used to belong to a, an individual lifetime uh, is uh, uh, may do a lot of moving around. It may be very specific. It may look at something. It may put it down. It may move this way or that way. It may uh, be angry. It may be happy. But it is not directed by some kind of individual anymore. If there's any direction going on, if you wanted a, a relative uh, description, it is developed by situations. It is directed by situations. The situations, the weather, the lights, the sound of someone's voice in the other room, someone walking in, walking out, whether it's in a family where there are where the rituals and the organization and the forms are very simple and very homey, right up to being in a monastery where the forms are very definite, uh, very, uh, you could say tight in some ways, loose in other ways, then one operates in that area. If, if in that area uh, something happens that triggers over here some kind of uh, anger or resentment or uh, emotions or feelings, those are um, also dependently, dependently arisen, and they are situational insofar as the situation involves belief in a separate self, believing that there's somebody who's better than you, not as good as you, you're ahead of people, some people are behind, some, 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 people, people, people. You're, you're fundamentally not even a person, nor am I. But if you believe that, then that's a misunderstanding. If you disbelieve it, it's a misunderstanding. So simply put, simple response, situational, situations direct. Like Trungpa Rinpoche, and someone asked him 40 or 50 years ago, so Rinpoche, how do you, uh, um, uh, who, is your, who is your guru? Do you still have a guru? We used to use the word guru a lot. Guru, the guru. Who is the guru? And he said, situations are my guru. I'm not sure if they ask him any more questions beyond that or not. If you have more questions, you're welcome. Uh, Juju has another question. Juju. If the ego is seen as unreal, could it still try to hide out? Mm -hmm. If you see the ego as unreal uh, as a conclusion, then it can still hide out. Because then you think you've gotten rid of your ego. Or you, you're no longer at the mercy of your... Um, cage of your afflictions you're no longer at the mercy because now you've transcended it so it can still operate it's when you see that is neither real nor unreal it's neither separate nor not separate you don't have a conclusion about it questions are totally in order so if you if you have something please come forward help the old man out nicole has a follow-up question to her earlier nicole one. nicole she asks what should i do with all of my why questions change them to what if you say why you get an answer that's circular. Well, it's because of this. So why is why is that? And it may be it may be relatively true, it may be relatively false. But the issue that is it ties into the circularity of cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. It ties into the action of karma that continues to bring you back into the life stream for it to rub your nose in your in another lifetime, one right after another. But if you say what, then then you maybe nothing will happen, but at least you're not chasing bunny rabbits down the road. You're actually right here looking at what is this fundamentally? And my response to that, the only thing that has happened for me uh, in different ways is what came back when I began to ask that, what is this? What is this? It is not separate. 
that's not something else. It just looks like it, kind of like a horror show. Juzan from the monastery has a question. Please. Yes, because if it, if it looks like we're getting more than we can handle, what is that? Probably just right. You're not going to be loaded with more than you can handle if you're a meditator. If you're not meditating, then it may come up where because the way you're handling it is actually creating more and more distress. So then, you know, you may have, you don't have is, uh, what's that other M word? Medication. Either self or other. Maybe the only thing that you have available. But if you're a meditator, then the, the sensorium, the mind stream, the so-called identity, and that uh, is uh, the equilibrium that is there. It's very, very much like uh, the digestion, digestion tract. If you don't put things in your digestion tract that are challenging, like nuts and bolts, uh, then it's probably going to be able to handle it. So uh, the best thing for you to put into your mind stream is a blank wall. Before you get up and go off into the, <laughs> the rest of the world or your family and so on, where people have no mind training and are tending to go to war, little tiny skirmishes from little tiny, tiny skirmishes up to big full-scale wars. Kozan has another question. Certainly. She asks, when you say, see it yourself, what is the it? The nature of the mind, who you, who you actually are, what this whole uh, panoply of beings coming and going in your own mind, your thought patterns, your dreams, getting out of bed, going back to bed standing in before the mirror, flossing your teeth, listening to someone in the other room, play the radio or the television too loud, um, expecting somebody to do something for you and suddenly they forget. And then you notice your reaction to that, like you've been let down. You need to see that for yourself, not as see it according to your culture and all the things you've been taught and all the things that, that have been hammered into you over not only this lifetime, but endless lifetimes. The instant you raise a finger to blame, I don't care if the person just got through crapping on your kitchen table. The instant you raise your finger to blame, you're just continuing your own karma. And it'll just be another time will go out and then it'll be somebody else at your kitchen table. Those are real in the sense that they're caught, they're, they're parhantra. They're caused by cause and effects. By this cause that, cause that, cause that. So they're real in that sense, but they're not ultimately real. Minute we minute you do it, or the minute I do it, if I blame anybody, I'm not saying I don't have the negativity come and go. This is kind of an open causeway over here, it's like a building with no doors, windows, no walls, no roof, no floor, no foundation. Shoka has a question from the monastery. Please. He asks, "How are situations for the student?" And this is in relation to Trungpa saying, "Situations are my guru." Well, we need to start somewhere, so start with the. Uh, if you're a student of mine, you're already you're able to talk to me anytime, just about. And I say, train your mind, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, get up off the cushion, come and uh, give the teacher the teaching. This, in case, in this particular situation, me, give me the benefit of the doubt. Listen to what I'm saying. Ask questions. If you come and I can see that you you bring a uh, have a silver platter in front of your face because you're so special. Then you don't give me, I mean, I might be able to say something, but I can't tell you directly unless you relax, unless you stop defending yourself, not just you, but anyone. And uh, because, uh, another because, but if, if someone has seen through this in themselves, then 
other people's neurosis is just obvious. That's why you can help people. It's not because you're a big know-it-all. It's because people show up with their neurosis. They actually come and stand in front of you as if you can't see who they are. If you can't, as if you can't see what's happening in their mind. And you can, and not a mind reader. You don't have to read something that is right in front of you, manifesting all the time. We're not separate. That's not just, that's not just some kind of philosophical uh, hoop-de-doo. I mean, you actually are not separate from others. Separate, separated, separated. But uh, Thumb always knows what the little finger's doing. Our questions are good, please. Shoto has a question. He asks, does awareness affect the content in space? It doesn't get the awareness is uh, uh, is the to use the relative way of talking about it provides the room for the furniture. And the furniture may come and go, but the, the 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 sky itself doesn't have much say so about the clouds because they're dependently arisen. So the first dependency was hot and cold, created a vortex, which which is called uh, uh, avidya or ignorance or ma rigpa is the Tibetan rigpa is knowledge, vidya is knowledge. And ma is negative, ah is negative, ah vidya. And so then that, then that goes on, creates formations or clouds. It's just a way of talking about it. We don't know exactly how, how that happens because that area is so completely rarefied. It has to do with the very nature of consciousness itself. But if we, if we bring it somewhat into the cause and effect, effect world, uh, helped by the way conceptual mind works, we can begin to talk about the 12 links in the chain of existence, avidya, uh, samskaras, uh, consciousness, name and form, and so on. Kiyun has a question from Kalamazoo. C- certainly, Kiyun. He says, uh, the fourth reminder ends with, I will cut desire and attachment, attain enlightenment through exertion. What is exertion? Uh, the exertion in this uh, situation is just return to the cushion, return to the sangha. Return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha, just return. You keep floating away because we live in a relative world. It's a difficult area to be in. We just return. We, we just come back. We come back and come back to the teaching person, whether it's in the form of a, of a, the 2,500-year-old um, Gautama, Prince Siddhartha, uh, to the present uh, person who is functioning as a teacher. And we just keep coming back, come, come back to that, come back to the teaching. Everything is dependently arisen. You can't find a separate thing anywhere. They're separated, but they're fundamentally not separate. You have to see it. You have to see that yourself. If you see it, you won't need my help because all you'll see is me. All you see is yourself. All you see is the Sangha. All you see is the Dharma. Uh, you will be, what, liberated from the cage of your afflictions. doesn't mean the afflictions won't be there anymore. They just don't form a cage. <laughs> They'd like to be bars, but they get very confused because because they're so um, so spacious, spacious bars like Mars bars or Milky Ways with no sugar yet very sweet. Nicole has another question. Nicole, I noticed that when someone gets emotional, my re- response is to also get emotional. Is that selfish of me? No. What's selfish of you is you think it's about you. That's what's selfish. You, someone gets emotional and you get emotional. So there's no conclusion there. You're just resonating with that situation. But if you say, is that selfish of me? That is selfish because you think it's about you. <laughs> there is no, there is no you, but, but ego will do anything to save that, including go to peace. Not good. Go to war. 
not good. Either one of those areas is fraught with what? Suffering, difficulty. Don't do it. Don't take any stand on anything. Don't take a stand on peace. Don't take a stand on war. Liberate yourself from this cage. <clears throat> You'll notice that half the world is <laughs> going one way, you know, trying to control everything. And the other half is trying to don't control anything. You know, everything should be open and free to everyone. And I'm not saying there isn't value in either direction, of course, but try to find uh, an individual that has any sense of equanimity or balance there. It's unusual. How do you find balance? Look at the imbalance. Junchu has another question. Junchu. What feels it needs to hide? What is it hiding from? The idea, the imputation that there's a solid being that is identified with a body-mind complex and looks a certain way in the mirror and, and is a certain age and a certain intelligence and has a certain disposition or certain combinations of causes and conditions that arise as emotions, feelings, dreams, speculations, hopes and fears and all that. There's some kind of a, that's me, that's meanness, that self-centeredness, that narcissism is the one that is paranoid. And it is not one, it's, a, it's, a, it's invented. Consciousness that belongs to no one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying there's not a body here that you wouldn't uh, protect. There's different ways of teaching this down through the centuries. Uh, Zen masters have used different ways to try to use logic to uh, get you, me, anyone to look at the nature of the mind, the nature of reality, which is empty of a self and empty of an other. If you realize that, you're liberated. And not only that, but uh, only that. Here's a question that uh, came in the chat box, yes. YouTube, uh, from Hospital Town. Is sitting dependently arisen? <clears throat> to begin with, when we start sitting, that's dependent. We're, we're, we're suffering. We're having difficulty. We hear uh, someone. It could be Thich Nhat Hanh. It could be, uh, it could be re stumbling over a book on the, on the Buddha's Dharma. It could be anything will might cause you or help you see that maybe I should just sit down and do nothing for a while. Sit down, hold still, and watch the movement. Beginning that. <clears throat> it's dependently arisen. It's dependent on suffering. Suffering, if you're happy, you've noticed if somebody's really happy and kind of lives in the, what we call the God realm, nothing ever goes wrong. They get a, have a degree. Everybody loves them. They could shoot somebody on Wall Street and nothing would ever happen. They just Everything just goes really well for them. So probably not going to meditate. So it has to be some suffering. So dependent. It's just that the path begins with... Uh, the rocks and shoals, the difficulty of our lives, the, 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 the possibility of crashing on the rocks with our ship of state. So here you are, and you realize that, and so you dependently arisen, this causes that, causes that, and you just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out what this is. Or you might go another direction, I need to see a psychiatrist or a therapist. That may be what you need to do. There's some help there. It's just that it has a strong relative context, so, you, so it's circular. You can get better for 30 years. But death comes without warning. Then what are you going to do when the conscious to go back down into where it came from? Why wouldn't you want to go back where you came from? That's because you don't know where you came from. Because if you know where you came from, then nothing is threatened. You can't threaten someone who knows the truth. You can't threaten them. Chisho from Houston has a question. Chisho. What exactly do you do or not do <clears throat> when you meet me where I am? Well, that depends on where you are. If I'm meeting you where you're at and you're confused, then I work with the confusion. If I meet you where you're at and you're just grinning at me, I probably grin back at you. So 
if there's a question, then then I can respond to the question. So you, you, not just you, but anyone, when you ask the teaching person a question, then the learning person gets a lesson. If there's a if there's a student, then there can be a teacher. If there's no student, and you know, you could not going to have one. Not going to have a teacher. It can't function. This teacher can't function without someone functioning as a, a student. And, and well, I could go on and on, but you, Tisho, I think you already understand. I just meet you where you're at. Wherever you're at, that's where I'm at. Sheldon from Union City has a question. Sheldon, the great Sheldoni. Could I be narcissistic and self-centered and still be able to find out for myself who I am? Less likely to do it by yourself. That's it couldn't happen. Causes and conditions are odd. Well, sometimes uh, someone can just spontaneously awaken to their true nature. It's just if that happens with, and all you have is the karma that you've lived with for 30 years, it's probably going to be pretty dis- devastating because to awaken consciousness with no no understanding uh, uh, can be chaotic. As G- as U.G. Krishnamurti characterized his awakening spontaneously was a calamity. The whole structure of the world falls apart without a teaching, without a teacher, without some kind of context for one to lose one's reference point. Losing one's ref- reference point can show up more uh, like uh, insanity. That's why sometimes, uh, especially in the tr- Tibetan tradition, uh, awakening is called crazy wisdom because it doesn't function in the same with the same in the same way that ego mind or self-centered mind or relative right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death, good and evil. It doesn't function that way. It doesn't function out of a bunch of rules. It functions out of uh, seeing the fundamental nature of everything, not separate, even though it's in motion. Sato has a question. Sato. She asks, and this is a quote, not only that, but only that. What? She bring me? Sato. Sato <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just pulled out her sword. <laughs> so... Repeat that again. Not only that, but only that. Yes, exactly. I'm glad you remembered that. Not only that, but only that. It's just another another way of saying not separate. Not only that, but only that. So you go two ways. Not only that. Are you talking about other things? Not only that. No, you're talking about only that. So I talk out of both sides. Shoto has another question. Shoto. Does awareness only allow us to see what's already occurring? If I understand your qu- your question, it's a fairly direct question for you, more direct than usual. So I'm going to treat it that way, yes. Uh, Kevin from New York has a question. Kevin. He asks, is sitting practice preparing us to die well? Yes. It's, your, it's a common thing, a saying in the t- Tibetan tradition that... Um, uh, practice of Buddhism is your preparation for death. <clears throat> Not only the, the death of the physical form, but death, understanding whatever arises is going down. If your thoughts rise up, I don't care how negative, they're going to die. They go away. Impermanence. Whatever shows up is going down, whatever shows. And when you find out that you're not a separate being, even though, even though you're, 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 you've just hitched a free ride uh, on a particular uh, human form, it belongs to no one. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to anyone. The territoriality is an imputation coming out of what? Hope and fear. So, yes, practice so that death comes without warning. It doesn't matter if you get a warning or not. You're, you're ready. And how are you ready or not ready is some kind of a 
uh, conceptual readiness, like I'm ready. You just understand the nature of that. So, of course, anything that shows up is going away. This shows up. You do it every night. Every every night we go to bed and we're not too concerned about falling asleep and losing our identity for a while. Greg from um, Poland asks, thoughts come and go. However, stronger feelings get stuck, linger, and stay longer. Is it worth investigating one or two layers or best just be aware? Thank you. Okay, I usually don't do a multiple choice, but uh, I'll work with that. So I would say just be aware. Picking and choosing is too much calculating. You cannot solve this problem. If it shows up as a problem, the very best thing for you to do, for you and anyone to do, is to look at the problem. In other words, look at that. And the way you do that, in this, from this point of view, in this tradition, is to face the wall. Face the wall. Sit down. Face the wall. Face the floor. Face something that's not moving and watch everything that and sit symmetrical. Hold very still without being rigid and watch what continues to move because what continues to move you could say it very bluntly, is the key to understanding everything, whether it's moving or not, to understand movement itself. The key and the lock have never been never been two different things. Just looks like it. Juzan has another question. Certainly. Is the evaluation of a situation we're in part of the situation? I would say so. We could, you could elaborate a little further, but it sounds like if I respond to it in a simpler way as you've asked, I would say yes. It's Nothing is separate from anything else. You know, the, the egg white and the egg yolk, they look different. They look like different things, but they're rare to open or crack an egg and find just the egg white. Shoka has a question. Does losing reference points look like insanity to the one who awakens? Could Initially, until you, until one is awake, until you've fundamentally awakened, um, the path leading to that it looks pretty, can look pretty treacherous, depending on the karma that is uh, um, following you, following you up the mountain. This is why in ancient times they would call uh, 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 parvajikas or wanderers, someone looking for the truth, or uh, leavers of home, or. Uh, um, I don't remember all the words, but the different kinds of words, sannyasin, um, a mendicant, uh, someone who's leaving their relative uh, tackle box back on the porch or under the porch, and they've left, they're going to go into this. And so, and it, it can be can be difficult, can be scary, can be frightening, but from the point of view of, that I'm speaking from, you should do it anyway. I'll help you. I mean, if you, if you feel like you're in that position, if you need someone to talk to, I will help you perhaps not in the way you would like. Kiyun has another question. What nourishes the spiritual path? It can be the words of the Buddha. It can be the words of the of your teacher. It can be words the words of Vasubandhu. It can be the actions of your your fellow, uh, your Sangha, your Dharma brothers and sisters. It can be the movement of, uh, of something moving across the lawn, we call a rabbit. It can be almost anything, not almost, it can be anything that enters the causes and conditions that uh, that is your castle of ego and starts to make the walls crumble. So you begin to see that who you are is much more vast than just a little tiny cocoon sitting in the corner with armed guards around it. Armed guards, meaning cage of your afflictions. have to see those. You have to look at the delusion. The Buddha didn't see wonderful 
celebratory events and parties and everything and uh, some kind of God realm where everybody had everything they wanted, some kind of heaven situation. He saw delusion. He saw the difficulty. He looked at it and he didn't object to it, didn't agree to agree with it, nor did he <clears throat> cover it up. And that was his awakening, seeing the delusion. So that seems to be what is necessary. We need to see what this is. So something that might nourish or inspire us to keep going. It'd be any number of things. All I had to do with my teacher, Chung Parampache, all I had to do was just meet him. All, uh, just reading his uh, book, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, I was already uh, scared out of my wits because I realized there was someone who knew how knew what I was uh, dealing with. I thought I'd covered it up pretty well. Don from Virginia asks, can we understand conceptually how everything is what we are? Yeah, there's lots of books, lots of scholarly works out there that are just endless labyrinths of conceptualization uh, about this approach, that approach, uh, the, all the different schools. The <laughs> and and I, I think we should study them. And in our monastery, we are studying them. I want people to study those so you know uh, how that whole situation works. So as you go along a path, uh, those the not knowing about those things doesn't stand in the way of your awakening, but rather supports the awakening because you begin to see the difference between awareness and concepts. But you can't do that unless you study the concepts. You have to look at the stairway before you know how to build stairs. You have to look at that structure. You have, might have to go up and down it to decide how far each step should be from the other and why some people need different kinds of steps, why you might need some other kind of approach why you might need to study the 30 verses of Vasubandhu over and over and over, or why you might need to set that aside and study something else. Or maybe you need to go into retreat and just look at your mind for a few months. Yokodo asks, what is it that sees not separate our senses? It can translate or show up through the senses, because that's what you're working with. But, you know, there's that whole area is, uh, it locks down on a particular thing, sense of seeing or sense of smelling, sense of tasting, sense of hearing, um, sense of thinking. That it closes in on that, but actually they're they are actually uh, polymorphous. They're they're all over the all over the place. The sense of thinking, uh, even though I say the sense of uh, hearing can't think, uh, yet it comes pretty close sometimes. The consciousness doesn't belong to anyone, but the thinking mind, because of fear, because of hope usurps that it's able to it's a, has a stronger magnetism to it uh, unless you're a poet and then that might operate differently or unless you're a visual artist that might operate differently you start to think with your eyeballs you could say it that way chisho asks what should i do to meet you where you are just meet yourself stay in touch with the teaching person as much as you can as much as you need to don't hesitate you already know that don't hesitate and then continue to train your mind. Sit on the cushion, look at the wall, watch what moves, watch what moves, and then get up from that situation and interact with the Sangha. The, the incredible formula for this is the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, which is the teaching person, that what is being taught, and the community of people who are coming together to try to understand this teaching. There's nothing to believe here. Buddhism is not, it's a religion because it's practiced religiously. Relegare is the word that it comes, I think it's the, uh, Latin, probably Latin or Greek, uh, root word for tie back bind or discipline. So it's practiced religiously, but there's nothing to believe. If you believe something, this is not Buddhism. 
might be something, but it's not Buddhism. Greg has another question. Greg in Poland. Is Buddha mind dependently arisen and impermanent? Neither one. It's not dependently arisen. It's not arisen. It doesn't arise. What was the other part of the question? Um, is Buddha mind dependently arisen and impermanent? Uh, uh, permanence and impermanence are relative truth. They're two parts of the same thing. So it, it doesn't apply to uh, to Buddha, Buddha mind or Buddha nature. If you were to, uh, to force a whistle out of that pig, uh, you'd probably say, eh, it's eternal, but best not to squeeze pigs. Kozan asks, what is awareness? It's the answer to what you're asking about. It's the, it's the space in which uh, phenomena appear, to use them metaphorically, but it's not even that. That's just a way of talking about it. We have to talk about the sky to notice the clouds, but then we tend to grasp at the clouds like we grasp at our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our fears, our hopes, clouds, 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 clouds. And at some point through the practice, we begin to see the space in which those things occur, which is the sky. And that, but that's still, you're still not there yet. That's just emptiness. Emptiness is not the end, although some people teach it that way. And they can continue to do that if they wish. But it's, there's no conclusion. There's no emptiness. Uh, even Buddha nature uh, uh, shows up as a conclusion unless you see it without concluding, which means you may not see anything. Any other questions? Looks like we've come to the end of the questions. Okay. Unless I've missed a question. I don't, it doesn't appear to. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking. Could I be... Oh, that was uh, Sheldon. So we've already done Sheldon's. Uh, the other one is... Uh, yeah, June, she's been sending me pictures. Oh, okay. Okay. Shall we... Yes, we can... Dedicate them. We can, yeah, we can do that. Go ahead, Renew, please. And did you want to say something about those who... I did. Thank you for reminding me. I wanted to say that uh, my granddaughter, McKinley, some of you, quite a few of you have reached out to help uh, with her uh, terrible situation, which I can't... It's on uh, 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 medical terms for it, but uh, highly threatened. Uh, she had a, a, um, uh, a transplant from her uh, older brother uh, back in, I think it was, was it November? December. December. And, uh, and she's still having some difficulty in that area with, I think, some kind of cancer in her stomach or intestines or something. Anyway, lots of really expensive treatments there. And she's out of state, so their insurance doesn't cover uh, Josh and Bree, her, my son and her, her, uh, her dad, and, and then uh, Bree, her mom, my daughter-in-law. And uh, they also have five other children. So uh, we just wanted to thank everybody who's responded uh, with the uh, some financial help uh, for them. It's very, means a lot. And our community has really responded quite amazingly to that situation. So uh, my, I'm sure I'm speaking for them. My thank you to, to you for helping them. So we'll dedicate the merit. Mm -hmm. Please go ahead. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, 
bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, the great prajna paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokakoji Buddha's Temple Monastery, our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.